Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the Power Cat Questions podcast, the Big 12 Tournament Preview Edition. We're going to talk about that, a little spring football, probably about my collection of dolls. We'll talk about that a lot. See if anyone's listening. My co-hosts aren't listening. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, and Ryan Gilbert today. We couldn't line up all four schedules, so Gills and Zach just got done with the shoot-around, an early one this week because we can't do it on Friday. The darn tournament starts Wednesday, which is today when you're listening to this, so it, too, is up at Go Powercat right now. We hope you're having a good week. We hope Kansas State basketball has a great week, and then we hope K-State football gets all worn out and goes on spring break and is boring and no one gets in trouble that's what we're hoping for we're sponsored by the fridge wholesale liquor you can never get in trouble when you go to the fridge mm. unless you try to steal something ah. mm. unless you're not of age yeah there's okay. certainly some crimes <sighs> man i think i went too far on that read get into the fridge just wonderful people hey but the big news here in uh kansas is uh excuse me for saying this yingling is uh uh <laughs> he just hates the way i say it i say it like it's supposed to be said how, how would you say it, say it? Yeah. Yingling. Yingling? yingling 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 he's saying it like it's a first and last name yingling yingling so i, I talked to my guy yingling for manti bros we had a yingling a yingling Who's yingling right? am yingling right? am i wrong Yingling. It's all the same. It's just a a small pause. Anyhow, it is in Kansas now, and it has previously just been on keg and stuff. But, boy, the shipment came in at the fridge. Bottles and cans. And, oh, my goodness, it was so sexy. Just pallets and pallets of delicious Pennsylvania beer. It's Pennsylvania, right? Delicious. But now made in Colorado. Now made in Colorado. So, At least ours was. If you have never had Yingling, <laughs> Yingling, just one word, uh, make sure you try some. And, you know, I bet you the fridge has the freshest Yingling. <laughs> Right there at the fridge. It's just, just right off the, I can't hear it anymore. Right, right off like the a, yingling tree. The freshest yingling 
that you can find in stores is at the fridge. God, it's such good beer. Becky and I went on vacation many years ago to Savannah and Charleston. And in our stop at Charleston, we saw a good friend um, who still lives there with wife and kids. And Tom took us, he's a former Rockabelly bartender, took us over to where, uh, what's that movie? Um, the Notebook was filmed. It was important to my wife to see this area. And to a really cool bar where I had my first yingling. <laughs> and uh, it, it, I'm from, it was love at first taste. It's I'm not a big domestic beer. I, I like I like the Mexican beers. To be real honest, I'm not an IPA guy. Just loves a Corona Light, right? No, no. I'm more of a Nancy guy. Yeah, it seems like it. More of a Pacifico, and you know, oh, a little yeah. Modelo. Tecate. Tecate works. Okay. <laughs> Tecate works. I'm Corona gets too skunky because of the clear bottles. Mm-hmm. A little light interacting with the beer. But anyhow, uh, I love, that's probably my favorite domestic beer. And it's been creeping around the country, around us. We picked it up in Texas and Oklahoma. It's in Kansas because they've set up a brewing deal out of, I believe, Fort Collins. Where also all the Hawaiian beers. Where everything else is beard. It's just unbelievable. I mean, when you go and buy uh, like, uh, uh, what is it, Big Wave? It's, It's not canned in Hawaii. There's no canning in Hawaii, so it is actually from Fort Collins. Crazy. I'd, I'd rather have Colorado fresh mountain, you know, Rocky Mountain water than I don't, Hawaiian water. It's probably tap water. Eh. From Colorado. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's it for that. That was, a, that was a good promotion to get into the fridge. Here we go with your questions from Wabash Station. I'm sure I'm forgetting something like subscribe to this podcast, leave us a five-star review on Apple, all that stuff I'm forgetting, but we'll go on with uh, Ryan Gilbert. There's no one else to read. I mean, I'm clearly too good for it. Zach's paid his dues. Gills, you want to do it, Zach? Gills is in Not charge. Particularly. Okay. Well, then I'll do go. it. Do it. First question from GPC Cole. Whoever the hell that is. Uh, where is it? What, who is that? Couldn't tell you. Uh, get, it, sure, it's GPC and not Gipich. Okay, you're Gipich. right. Cole, who is your pick to win the Big 12 tournament? How many teams make the NCAA tournament from the Big 12 after the, the results of the weekend? I'm going to go with Arizona. Um, and uh, I think uh, 14 teams will make the Big 12, make the NCAA uh, I'm picking, I hate to say this out loud because it's who K-State plays. I've been saying TCU is going to win the Big 12 tournament. I have a feeling they're going to go on a run. And they knew damn well that they were just kind of cruising into the tournament when they lost at Oklahoma. They're healthy, and I think they're going to gear up and just run through that tournament. They're really good when they're healthy. In fact, Jerome Tang said what? That they're the best team in the league when they're healthy. I thought that was something else. Yeah. To succeed, I'll go with Iowa State. That's a team that I really as well. And Kansas City, they had a Iowa State an awful end of the season. I get that, but dominating Baylor on the last game of the regular season, I think that can carry over into the tournament for them. And they always show up in Kansas City, so I go Iowa State. Okay, we go KU. Wow, chalk, rock, chalk. So let me let me get this right. <laughs> uh, the the K State podcast, the entire panel didn't no one pick K State. Which has never won the Big 12 tournament. Which, if you stop and think about 96, when would have been 97 with basketball, right. it, it, it's been pretty slim pickings. Now, there were some decent years for Weber, but I don't know if you're aware of this, folks. He wasn't a particularly good tournament coach. Um, 
You know, Frank had some decent teams, but yeah, I mean, they've just been outmanned. This team could win it. But let me ask a, a question that is a, that GPC Cole guy probably didn't think of. Is it good for K-State to win the Big 12 tournament? Yeah. You think so? Yeah, I mean, if they play a Friday game, it's fine. If they play a Thursday game, not as great. But Oh, you're talking about for, tournament. Yeah, yeah, tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if they but, do play on Saturday, that'll still be a longer break that, than they've had since December. That's a good point. I think it would help their confidence. Really believe going into that tournament might get them a two seed in the tournament. I think yeah. they're on the three line right now. I, I'm kind of thinking they're going to end up in Denver. I have no information on that, but it just feels like that's where they're going to end up. <clears throat> that they might be in Denver, Arizona might be in Denver. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. That'd be kind of fun. I could bug Jason Shear about conference realignment. Yeah, you could. There's, there'll probably be seven teams from the Big Twelve. It's Oklahoma State's the one. Like right now, you look at bracketology. That is the the last team out. I just looked, and so I think if they beat Texas in the second round. They're probably in. I think it's bull crap. There's only seven from the Big Twelve's in. Yeah, I think it's absolute bull crap. I think seven should be in, and eight and nine should go to Dayton. I really do. I think they should play in the separate games in Dayton, and I would pick them to win by double digits over whomever they'd play. I think it'd be a mismatch. Did someone just knock at the door? Or I, I bumped into the wall. Sorry. No, don't do that. <laughs> no, get control of yourself. So, okay. <laughs> Moving on. <clears throat> From Cat in the place where Yingling and Big Wave are brewed. Ooh, Fort Colorado. Collins. Yeah, I don't know if he's we in Fort Collins. Well, so you, just, you, you meant like the greater area, not the specific. Sure. Okay, yes, whatever. Yes. God, it's hard to keep track of him. The worst case scenario. He's so weird. Lose in the first round of the Big 12 tournament and the NCAA tournament. First, the best case scenario, win the Big 12 tournament and advance to at least the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament. What odds would you give for each and which outcome is more likely? So the first one was lose, lose? Yes. That's not going to happen. I mean, they might lose in Kansas City, but they're not losing the first. That game. would be a wake up call. I mean, that's a that's a two fifteen three fourteen game. That would be a significant upset. I don't. I, I go back to this. I think Florida is better than any team they'll play in the first round, or comparable, and they just kind of cruise over Florida. Sure. I, uh, I think when all the Big Twelve gets out of facing Big Twelve teams, it's going to be a relief. It's just a whole different level. So I'd go with the second one more likely, but I mean, let's be realistic that it's somewhere in the middle. I mean, I think they'll, if they beat TCU, uh, you know, maybe they'd lose to Texas and they end up going to the Sweet 16. I think we would all be pretty damn happy with that. I mean, I don't think, I, I personally don't think that as far as the success of the season, if you're counting on the Big 12 tournament to see success there, I think you're going to be disappointed. If K-State loses in the first round against TCU, it's not that big of a deal. If yeah. K-State, especially if K-State can make the Sweet 16, if they can make the second weekend of the NCAA tournament, that is an extremely successful season. There's no doubt about it. So it, I think for me, it doesn't really matter what they do in Kansas City. If they win the tournament, if they make the championship game, that's a bonus, you know, depending on what they do in the NCAA tournament. We really don't know. Like, I appreciate this question. It's a good question. We can give our, our thoughts on it. But Bruce Weber was notorious for 
not having success in postseason play, right? You kind of knew what to expect. And if K-State did make a run, you're you're thankful for it, right? I Yeah, you can look at what Scott Drew and Jerome Tang did at Baylor, but this is Jerome Tang's first year as a head coach. We really don't know how this team's going to perform, right? Like when you look at K-State in the last 10 years, you're thinking, yeah, I'm just waiting for this team to get upset, whether that be in the Big 12 tournament or the NCAA tournament. But now you just got to go into it with uh, an open mind, so to speak, and give them a chance, give Tang and his players a chance to to show what they can do in postseason play because it's just such a different, you know, everything that K-State's done all year, postseason play is different. So we'll see. I mean, I think K-State, the odds of them making the Elite Eight, are a lot higher than winning the Big 12 tournament. I think the Big 12 is just too tough. I mean, if they're a three seed, you're beating a, a 14, a six, and then a two. Like, they can do that easily, right? But to beat, you know, TCU and then probably Texas or Oklahoma State and then KU, Iowa State in that championship game, that's tough, man. So I think K-State can win three games in the NCAA tournament way easier than it is to win three days in a row against the toughest conference I would, in the country. I agree with you. If you want to put odds on, can K-State win the Big 12 championship or can they make the Elite Eight, which one is more likely? I'd say the Elite Eight is oh, yeah. more likely. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you're winning three games, right? But you also have it's three games both ways, off, and but you have extra days off. Days off. Yeah. You got a ton of rest, but also you get to play one of the worst teams you've played since December. Probably the worst. Probably the worst team that you've played since December. And maybe even the next day, you might, you know, meet a team that gave it their all, pulled off the upset, and now they're certainly out of gas. So, I mean, anything can happen in the NCAA tournament. And even if everything goes as according to plan, according to the seeds, K-State is still going to be that upper hand, at least until the Sweet 16. Yeah, if you're a two seed, you win in the first round, you beat a 15, which is, you know, a small conference champion. Not, not the team small, smaller conference. Like UC Irvine or LaSalle? Well, no, no, like I'm a, just, like a yeah. Furman or... I'm just, yeah, I'm yeah, just no. I'm kidding. I was making fun okay. of... Okay. I know, but um, those are actually... What were K-State seeds in those games? Four. Four, yeah, yeah so... But um, you get in that second round, then you're looking at a 7-10 winner, which is kind of a 50-50 game, really, how it's played out over the past. It's going to be like a Florida State and yeah. but tennis, not Tennessee that's this year. very manageable. And you just don't know what's going to happen in the other bracket. You know, what if the two stumbles over, you know, the or the three stumbles over the six, yeah. and you end up with the six in the... As Sweet Clint 16. Stewart said on the Friday shoot-around, which will be up on Wednesday... It's it's called it's called March Madness for a reason, right? Crazy things happen it's because I Friday because I get really too. really mad when I bet on these games. <laughs> is that what's going to happen? It's going to be madness for me. See, this is why I don't sports bet. No, I, I've never I, once placed a dime in my yeah. life. Man, <clears throat> missing out. Yeah. I think I was stinking liar. I don't know. If you know this, folks, if you are into sports gambling, there's a new hashtag going around. Um, that could make you a lot of money if you jump on the train. It's called Fade Fits. I actually had a five-game parlay to, on the last Saturday Big 12. I was locked in. I was so confident. I put, I don't know, 20, 25 bucks down on this parlay. I missed all five games. You got my text, right? 
What? Start sending me your picks. I know. I, I will. I will. Yeah. Make some money, man. You need to start refreshing your apps. So we can all see it. Man. I win $1,000 one day, and I can't pay, make a good pick the next. Go on, Gills. Talk some more. From AmeriCat, based on my preseason expectations, this season has been great and far exceeded them. However, I'm now worried I have too high of expectations. What should I realistically expect of this team in the NCAA tournament? Well, I think you need to start worrying about how this team, once crowned national champion, will will, uh, line up with the NBA champion in that challenge series. I think that's a reasonable expectation. No, I I hear you, and and I do worry about... You know, K-State maybe losing in the second round. I mean, if they lose in the first round, yeah, they deserve it. Yeah. You know, maybe they run into a, a seven or a six in the second round that just plays out of their mind and, and, and beats them. And I hope people don't have that taste in their mouth as for the whole season because what's happened is remarkable. None of us <laughs> – Excuse me. None of us expected it, and including Jerome Tang. You know, he said this team's exceeded his expectations. This is unbelievable. And on top of that, just think about the fact that they made it through the season without many injuries. They just didn't have room for injuries. What happens if a Desi Sills gets injured and misses five games? We saw what they were without him. They just don't have any depth in the backcourt. So I think they've been fortunate, blessed, and we'll just see what happens. Let's have fun with this, folks. They might lose in the first game in Kansas City. They seem locked in on it. I mean, Keontae and Marquise were at the press conference the other day, and they just kind of we're going to win. I mean, they this isn't just like, hey, it's going to be fun. We'll see what happens. They, they want to win this thing. They want to add a trophy, do something K-State's never done, and then see what happens in the NCAA tournament. I would say the only thing that you should be upset about is if they lose in the first round because they shouldn't. They just shouldn't. Not this team. First yeah. or second round, because you're going to be the favorite. I think just because in both games until the Sweet 16. I think just because you're the favorite doesn't mean that losing in the second round isn't. Yeah, I wouldn't call losing in the second round a disappointment. I think if you make the round of 32, you win that first round game. That is enough for me for exceeding expectations. And I think that's probably the case for a lot of K-State fans, you know, especially like what AmeriCat's saying. Maybe you have too high of expectations right now. And I think that K-State fans might have a little bit of high expectations. But if you win that first game, I think you should expect to win that first game for sure. And I think everything after that, it's a tremendous a tremendous success. But when you look at what K-State did this season, right, placing third in the Big 12 getting a number three seed, maybe a two seed, four seed, whatever that may be in, in the big dance, you, I think you should be disappointed if this team doesn't make it out of the first weekend alive. Now, coming into the year, I think we're all overjoyed at, that K-State's even in the tournament right now, right? But at this point, as we sit here, doesn't matter what they do in Kansas City, they got to win a few games because of how good they've played this season, right? When you look at the expectations, no, not at all. We're all happy to be here. But I think they've got to win a few games, in my opinion. This is so much better team than the one that played LSU or Nevada in the Cayman Islands or even, you know, some of those non-conference games. Uh, I think they started to find themselves and understand how good they were against Nebraska. Because that that's an athletic Nebraska team. Granted, they haven't had a great season, but they've been better. It looks like they might get in the NIT. Winning record right now, yeah. Yeah, and they just took them apart. 
It just absolutely took them apart. And I'm telling you, Nebraska passed the eye test when you looked at them. Uh, they're really big and athletic. <clears throat> and they just took them apart. I think that's when K-State realized, hey, we're pretty darn good. And they kind of you know, took off in the Big 12, had those huge road wins to start with. And probably came back to earth when everyone realized that this team is really good. We better take them seriously. You mentioned that Florida game, right? Like that Nebraska game falls in the same category where K-State was just the better team. I thought of that when you said that the Oklahoma game on senior night, like K-State got off to an awful start and still cruised to a victory. And that kind of goes back to my point of winning at least two games in March Madness is just because Kansas State is so much better than a lot of these teams in the country. Every The top half of the Big 12, right? It gets masked because of how good this league is. But going up against a third-place team in the SEC, Kansas State, there's no reason that the Wildcats can't win by 10 or 15. All right. agree. Last question of the first half from Denland0809. I don't recall this name. Do you all? It's their third post. Okay. Well, I've... I'm assuming they're new. I didn't see how many months, but we've kind of stopped welcoming everybody. We have everybody. stopped doing that, yeah. Because well, we don't care anymore? We no, it's just land. I've lost track of who's new and who's not, and I don't want to miss anybody now. It's kind of like... Um, you don't want to leave someone out. It's like when you're in the second grade, you have to bring cupcakes for everyone on yeah, your yeah, birthday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like that, like yeah. now. Like, I just... it's There's so many new people. So, you're bringing cupcakes next week? Oh, I did not here. say that. That's what I heard. Didn't you hear that, Gilbert? Not I my heard birthday. Zach say he hates Denland. Oh, yeah. yeah. He hates the numbers after his name? Yeah, I heard that too. Uh huh. Okay, go ahead. Anyways, who would you pick? Desi Sills to start at running back or Deuce Vaughn to start at point guard? Uh, Desi. I think Desi'd be a good running back, actually. He's fast. He's man. fast. He's so fast. He's fast, and he just he he goes up and down the court with no regard to his body. I think he'd be a really good running back. I always I always do that. I look at basketball players and think this guy would do this in football. Marquise Noel's got quarterback vision, doesn't he? Deontay Johnson's a defensive end. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'd uh, I yeah no, I don't want Deuce Vaughn look, on the basketball court. I think you can count, what, if you had a nickel for every Baylor basketball player that's playing in the NFL right now, you'd have, what, two nickels probably? Or have at least gotten to work out with the squad as yeah. a tight end or something. Just you saying. have a lot of nickels, yeah. Just saying. There's a lot of nickels there for those tight ends from Baylor basketball. Yeah. Maybe that continues. Well, even like Gip got a workout. I think I don't think DJ Johnson ever gotten anything, but no, I imagine think him as a football player. My yeah, God. I, think, I think you're right about Gip, though. Yeah. Okay. Just saying. I agree. That's my line. That's Fitz's line, but I'm using it. Yeah. Desi Sills running back. The the I line agree. is yes. Yes. Y- yes, Dad. Sorry. Oh, boy. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Uh, by the way, I want to have, a as we close out the first half here, a little brag here. Uh, 24-7 had a kind of end of basketball, end of postseason conference call. We're the third fastest growing side on the network this past year and i'm really proud of the work the guys have done i thank everyone who subscribed if you haven't yet please consider subscribing you can go check us out for a buck for your first month and if you don't like us then cancel that's how it works one buck that's all you got to do one stinking dollar that's not that much unless you're tipping brian gilbert at that bar he works at then that feels like a lot of money we'll be back GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Podcast continues after this short break. 
Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast, your weekly endeavor into K-State sports from gopowercat.com. Our subscribers at Wabash Station ask us questions on our message board, and we answer them for everyone to hear. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Make sure you're following it on whatever podcast provider you use, Apple, Spotify, Amazon. Anything else here? Stitcher. Stitcher. I think that's it. Podbean. I don't even know what Podbean's like. The PowerCat, Go PowerCat's website. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people just listen the right megaphone, there. megaphone, right? Yeah, off the megaphone. Sure. Anyhow, who cares about all that? But we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you following along. We appreciate you for everything sweet and kind you do for us. We don't appreciate Ryan Gilbert, but that's just his role here to be the guy that gets to be the punching bag. How do you like that, Ryan? Is it working out well for I you? I love it. Bring it on. It's Tim Fitzgerald. He's Ryan Gilbert. This guy over here is Zach Carlson. He's he, Matt, folks. He's hitting it hard. He's got Sonic and he's got a water, separate places, so he doesn't confuse the two. So I don't spill the water everywhere. Yeah, I know. I assume you were here earlier, Zach, after uh, the press yeah. conference. Okay, of course. I was wondering what the setup was. Huh? Yeah, I was working where you, Zachary. Yep. Yeah, you know, it's it's really helped my popularity to have uh, AT and T fiber into my house. <laughs> And, and at my age, I need all the fiber I can get. Here's your questions from Wild Bass Station. Back to it, Ryan Gilbert. First question of the second half is from Cat in Colorado. And I just want to be sure that Zach did include is that, that you can ask two questions. One yes, football, one I, I did say that. Somebody was upset that I limited it to football and basketball. So they asked about a fishing uh, competition tournament that K-State Fishing is hosting at some lake. They asked what the winning pattern would be. I have no clue what any of that means. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Well, we can't talk about it because it's not football or basketball. Right? Yeah, I'm just saying he was upset so that he protested and asked about that. So I don't I don't know. Well, I, I mean, the, about fishing. The, the thing about fishing is once you start, you get hooked. Go, All right. The questions from Captain yeah, Colorado. We're two in a minute. It's it's goodness awful. gracious. It's awful. Ugh, the worst. <laughs> Who will be the football player that surprises us and has the best season of anyone on the roster in 23? Well, what if I say Will Howard? Would that surprise anyone? I think Will Howard's going to have a monster year. I laugh when I see these odds on Heisman quarterbacks and Dylan Gabriel's above him in the odds. And what's his name? Card from Texas is now in Nebraska. Where's he at now? Nebraska? I don't even know. He's above him. He's in America, I think. He's in America. Yeah. Uh, but there's guys that I'm like, what are you doing here? What is this? Why don't you throw 100 Deckers in there above him? <laughs> it's just silly. I think he's going to have a, a big year. Uh, so we've got a feature going up on Wednesday about kind of breakout players. And um, I still haven't decided who I'm. Every time I come up with an idea, someone takes it. So I got to come up with my own idea. Like someone stole the kicker. That's all I got to say about that. Was that a joke? No. It's, 
Um, I'll say Chris Tennant. That's what I was going to say. Uh-huh. Chris Tennant. I mean, the fact that he stuck around. The that fact says that a he lot. stuck around, he's still on the team. I mean, he got benched. I mean, he had zero confidence at a certain point last year. I mean, Ty Zintner literally came in to do it all and was impressive when he did it. But now, who's going to be the kicker? And who's going to be the punter? You got Jack Bloomer back, which is which is good. He's been experienced, but I mean, at a certain point, it was clear that Ty Zinner was better than him. And Ty Zinner was so good, he did all three specialties basically. Does Jack Bloomer sound like he should be a like a seventeenth century British pirate? No, he sounds like he should be in like a like a twenty forty like future look Amazon Prime digital like series. Okay. I feel okay. like that's his name. But no, I'm going to go Chris Tennant. I think that he'll stick it out for the whole year as the kicker. He won't miss when it matters. And he'll turn around to where he's maybe not the star, maybe not the best season on the roster, but certainly not a liability like he was last year. If you're a kicker and not a ton of people are mentioning your name, it's a good thing, right? Right. So, yeah, that's a good, good answer. I think it's somebody in the wide receiver group. I RJ Garcia would be my answer here. You know, Philip Brooks can only do so much or losing Knowles and and Warner from last year. Deuce Fawn was a, a great pass catcher as well. So somebody will have to step up catching the football. I think RJ Garcia is gonna gonna be a surprise that, that plays some meaningful minutes. Sterling Lockett, perhaps? No? Okay. I don't know. I don't know yeah. enough about Sterling. I don't yeah, it's gonna. I mean, you could pick one of the running backs too. So, but I think Will Howard's gonna be the man. I really do. That'll be a surprise to everybody. I know that's Will a shocker. From Eric Schneid, what position battles are you most interested in, interested in as spring football starts up? I just mentioned running back. I mean, yeah, Treshawn Ward and DJ Giddens. What's interesting is both are out right now. They're not. Not able to play due to injury. DJ's out for the whole spring as he recovers. It sounds like Treshawn might be available by the end of spring practice. Um, actually, the offensive line, <clears throat> they kind of returned six starters because Taylor Portier's back, and, and Coach Kleiman said at Tuesday's press conference that he's much farther along with this recovery than he was the last one. I don't think this knee injury was quite as severe. Um, and he's really good. So where's he fit in? Who's who? Get, if he gets his starting rollback, who gets bumped? And there's some young linemen too that are probably deserving of playing time. That would have slid in if the whole offensive line hadn't decided to come back. I'm, I'm intrigued by the offensive line, and then we'll find out about safety and corner and some of those other spots. But that's really what jumps out of me. I, backup quarterback. I know that's not what we're really here to talk about, but that's interesting, isn't it? I think so. I think you when you bring in a quarterback of Avery Johnson's stature, you have a guy like Jake Rubley who was as probably as hyped as Avery Johnson was, maybe to a lesser extent to a lesser extent because Avery Johnson is from the state of Kansas, best athlete in the state, staying home. I mean it meant more, you know, for K-State to win that battle with Avery Johnson. But now you have you know, a guy that was similarly hyped to Jake Rubley, they're going to have to go head-to-head to try taking that yeah. backup spot and eventually the starting job once Will Howard leaves. So, yeah, it'll be interesting because I think as it stands right now, I don't think Avery's good enough to be the number two guy at the moment. But by the end of fall camp, perhaps he could be. He's, his body, he's getting bigger. 
He did say that today. Yeah. He is 15 pounds? growing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's funny. When I put on 15 pounds, people call me a fat ass. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's double standards. Yeah. I mean, I'm an elite athlete. He's an elite athlete. What's your uh, sport? Uh, table tennis. Hmm. Don't have to move very much for that, do you? Oh, I move a lot. Well, I fall down a lot. Mm. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. I agree. You Thank fall you. down a lot. Thank you. Imarica asks, who will be the most difficult She's team of the Big 12 newcomers in football? <laughs> I'm sorry. What was the question? <laughs> uh, most difficult team of the Big 12 newcomers in football. Oh. Arizona? I don't think it's. No, <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be them. Probably Utah. <laughs> Pac-12 champions, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, Scott. Satterfield doesn't scare me at Cincinnati. I think that was a dreadful hire. I'm going to go with UCF. I'm a Gus Malzahn fan. Um, they won a national championship a few years ago. Yeah, so yeah. they say. Uh, a few? It's been a decade now, five, right? Five years It hasn't been ago? that long. Yeah, I think it was 17, wasn't it? Six years ago? I don't know. Well, What's the matter? Uh, I And I just think once they get access to the Big 12 and the money and the exposure, their recruitings can go through the roof. They, I don't know if next year – I don't know that any of them really scare me next year because I think they're going to have to ramp up to the competition. I mean, BYU has you know, played good opponents. You know, I think week in and week out they're going to find the grind. Um, they kind of ran into the wall last year with their schedule. So Houston – I mean, they played a lot of Big 12 teams last year and didn't quite get it done. But Dana Holgerson, again, doesn't scare me. He couldn't cut it in the Big 12. I mean, that's a place where I think it's going to have a coaching change soon. So, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the Knights. Not the Black Knights. Don't say that. They don't get. Don't call them Central Florida Black Knights, or you will be punched in the face digitally. Well, not like over the over. Because the they're the Golden Knights. They weren't the Golden Knights. They were the Black Knights, weren't they? The UCF Golden Knights, right? Oh, that's right. Army's the Black Knights. The Golden Knights. Anyhow, they they drop the color. They don't see color at UCF. And now they're just the Knights. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with BYU because I feel like they Is play. The Cougars? No. They play. <laughs> they're gonna, I think they're going to be the team that's the most Power 5 ready. Yeah. They play a lot of Power 5 teams. I don't think that. You know, the the transition between going independent to Big 12 is going to be as drastic as it is for a team like Houston, who's coming in to play the K-States, the Oklahoma States, the Iowa States, after playing the Navies and the East Carolinas of the world. Not that those are bad programs, but they don't compete at the same level as, you know, the Big 12 does. And, you know, BYU playing Arkansas, Baylor, you know, those are good schools. Just to clarify, when you say BYU plays a lot of Power Five programs, you you're counting the Pac-12, right? That's one of the five conferences. That is one of the five. Okay, they do play them. I would go BYU, and I'd have to look back at the last five years or whatever for this team, but they've probably played the most Power Five opponents, right? Well, plus they're like their average age on the roster is 37 years old. That would also help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm with Zach. I go BYU. But it's it's really not that large. Like all four of these teams, I think, are in the same ballpark. Yeah, their ceiling is a couple wins over bowl eligibility, in my opinion, at least for the first year. I don't think that any of these teams are going to compete at this point. 
Now that Cincinnati make a bowl game, some people surprise us. No, no, I think they'll make bowl games. That was, so you said no. two games above it. Yeah, eight, I'm saying like okay. eight wins, okay, nine wins is that. probably the ceiling. I don't think that anybody's going to be competing for a championship. Sure. Just for sure. sure. I would say Cincinnati if they didn't have a coaching change, but they made a pretty underwhelming coaching change, as Fitz mentioned. Weird hire. Very weird. From Dr. J54, can you sort out the linear TV versus streaming debate? What is your view of the future of watching sports? Fitz, take it away, man. Well, I do find this interesting. I I think we're going to watch a lot of sports streaming in the future. If, if that's five years, three years, ten years, I'm not sure. It's going to move that direction. But it's not now. I mean, if the Pac-12 is really looking at a contract that might be 60% streaming, like ESPN Plus and Apple or whatever, uh, I, I, I don't know how you, – you can't do that. Your, your exposure will just plummet. Nobody will know you're playing. You basically need most of your games on linear, which is you know ESPN or the networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, so that they can prom- promote that your game's on a streaming service. <clears throat> or you just have a big, significant splash. We'll just I'll say this. If the Big 12 had a streaming game of the week, it could promote it with its other games. But I'll be you know, honest here. If the SEC put one of their best games every week on a platform like Apple, people would watch. I mean, they would have enough exposure. The The world of sports journalism would talk about that game a lot. The Pac-12 just doesn't move the needle. It's not going to attract viewers to Apple or Amazon or any streaming entity. Folks, they don't attract viewers into their stadiums. Except for a Utah that does a great great job with attendance and a few other places, but I, I, <clears throat> I you need to have an element of streaming. I'm I'm reluctant to say ESPN Plus is a good solution for that because I feel like that is like baseline streaming, the minimal effort. I mean, the like they forgot the score bug on the K State game the other day. It's like they're in second grade and they forgot the cupcakes in their class. <laughs> Man, we've had two. I'm really I'm wanting cupcakes now, but I just don't understand why they that product isn't better. Sometimes the announcers are awful. Sometimes they're the same announcers you get on other games. Uh, so I, I really think the next step is streaming. It's interesting because I was watching a a video podcast um, from the head of. Uh, Oh, I'm totally spacing it off. It's the Ion Network, the one that was supposedly linked to the Pac-12. It was the head of their Scripps Sports, which is they're they're making a push into sports. There is a legitimate effort by them to go into sports, but he said, no, they haven't been involved in the Pac-12. I mean, they came up, but they haven't been involved. But he, he was talking about exactly what we've discussed, that streaming affords you the opportunity to have multiple feeds which, you know, you could have the, the streaming announcers, the, the national announcers. You could the, could also be streaming with your local announcers, with the opposition announcers. And you could actually have a whole separate stream for a gambling, you know, experts, betting experts to sit around and just talk about the game is going and how, how the different props are going and all that. And eventually, if it's a, a good enough streaming product and... It's a way to integrate your betting apps. 
from the state in which you're in into the screen, you can you could be making bets during the game. That's what I was going to get into. Like in FanDuel, you can watch select hockey games in the app and bet on them while you're watching it. You know, the the one thing right now is you need to get the game as close to live as possible to for for streaming, for for betting to work in the way that it would work like that. But if I'm a betting company, if I'm like FanDuel or DraftKings, doesn't why Fan, does FanDuel have a channel? No. They have yeah, FanDuel TV. If I'm FanDuel, why wouldn't I try making a bid for a Pac-12 game to put exclusively on our network, on our channel? Within our betting app, why wouldn't I? Because if you want to watch the app, if you want to watch the game, it's free advertising for you know the betting app, right. and I'm sure that the NCAA would absolutely hate it. But this is where the world is going. I think it's beyond the control of the sports entities now. Whether it's professional or college, yeah. they can't do anything about it. But if I'm Brett Yormark, I brought this up before, folks. I really think. Um, he needs to invite three schools from the Pac-12 if it comes to that <clears throat> and and then wait and actually go back to ESPN and say, look, we would like to invite San Diego State. We'd like to invite UNLV. We'd like to invite Boise State. So someone, someone else say, will you pay full price for this because we think this is a better product? We think this team brings more to our conference and what the other choice might be. But I also think when they get into that next tier – they have a possibility. I don't. I haven't seen the contract. I don't know what it is, but it is possible to bring in a third entity at that point. And I think it'd be really cool if that third entity would be someplace like FanDuel or another, you know, platform that might be incorporated. I know that CBS is tied up with Caesars, CBS Sports is, and a game showing on that streaming environment with with the betting app intertwined in it. I think that's where we can end up. It's those type of things that the Big 12 could do. And that's why I think UNLV should be actually in the running. I think getting that market and cornering the sports betting eyes and having a local team that would be on the sports book up on on screens, I think it's huge. I think it's enormous. The Big 12 needs to be the sports betting conference. That's their niche. That is exactly where they need to be. How do you attract outside eyeballs? You really integrate sports betting because, folks, if you're not a sports better, you don't understand how sick and demented these people are, how tormented they are, and they will sit in front of the TV watching their bets all day long just because those are their bets. I, I've done that some. It's a horrible way to live your life. For those uh, listening at home, Fitz was using his right hand to point at one member of this podcast. A member who's it, not talking right now. And it was not me. Okay. Coughing right now? Yeah, whatever. With, with the NFL, that is 100% true on a Sunday. I, that's me. But oh, like, you've reversed course on this podcast. I, I, I've betted a few dimes or nickels a few dimes. in my life. But you guys both mentioned like sports betting. That's where I was going to go too if this didn't get brought up. You know, a dime bag doesn't actually cost a dime. Anyhow, go ahead. That's all right. <laughs> Be sure to edit that one out. <laughs> um, sports betting, where was I going? Uh, I, I mean, just the games. Off. Like, I don't give a crap about. You know, I watch K-State no matter what, right? Big 12, I think it's good to stay up to date with the conference. Other than that, if I don't have money on a game, 
I don't give a crap. Like me and Zach were hanging out in Morgantown, the hotel room, and we're watching the the Celtics and some team because he has money. Like if you can, because you were looking at your phone, right? You had, you're right. looking at your phone for your bets, and then you're watching the game for the game yeah. to see if your bets gonna hit. Right. If you can do that in one place, that's yeah. money. Yeah, that's money right there. So getting back to this, they both have their roles, but for now you've got to be on linear. You've got to have a majority of your games on ESPN or Fox or CBS or NBC or ABC. One of the, one of those platforms has to have a majority of your games. And then, you know, with the big 12 right now, it's ESPN plus. And if you're into that realm, um, it's a reality. It's going to folks is going to move more and more to that. It just is. And you're going to have some hard decisions to make. Uh, but, you know, when you're looking at an Apple, their reach is so limited. And we know they've got like 50 million subscribers, but we don't know where they are. Oh, I disagree with that Apple's reach is limited. They have the mar- they have the market share. I'm talking about hardware. They can push a notification well, to anybody in, that, the, in but, the world. But you have to have a subscription to watch the game. And they're even talking about maybe doing a separate app for Amazon and Apple that you'd have to subscribe to. I mean, Amazon reaches 200 million homes. I mean, I think that's a better play. If you're the Big 12, um, if they add teams from the West Coast, I would be all in, in a, on a Thursday night late game after the NFL. I'm all in on that. It's so. got it's got to be a good game though, because NFL like got the rep for Thursday night being just bad, bad, you know. And, and some that's of that how it is because you have to have all 32 teams play, and you're going to have good games. You're going to have that's a misfortune with that. They're sure, it did. was unlucky, but you know, if if it's going to be a good product, absolutely. But if you're just going to schedule, I don't know, Texas Tech and Cincinnati, like. Who's really going to want to tune into that? Sure, if you got money on it, absolutely. But you've got to make some big time games, in my opinion. Absolutely, I, I'm, I'm all in. I just honestly, the only frustration I've had is that they're on the same old, same old. Although there's going to be more Fox involved on the basketball side than there has in the past. But if they end up at 16, folks, I don't think the Big 12 will ever be 12 again. Just as I sit here now, they're going to go from this 14 school alignment. When Texas and Oklahoma leave, they're going to just jump right to 16 with four new schools from out west. It's the next step. It's going to go down. <clears throat> I mean, if George Klievikov uh, can find something that gets them close to the Big 12's $32 million a school, really it's going to work out to about $30 million a school on just the media rights. Because if you add in... Pac-12 teams, they don't get the full amount, so it kind of rounds down. I think the number works out where when you're at 16 and they add teams in, everyone's going to be at 30 million. So if he can get them in the 27, 28 million, maybe they stay together. But from what we're hearing, it's going to be like at 22 with a bunch of streaming that won't show their people won't be seeing their games. The conference is doomed, and the reason why they haven't announced the deal is as soon as they announce it, they're doomed. And the presidents and chancellors are finally saying enough. You've had eight months. Our competition's already got a deal. They're finally getting impatient because he's just, he's in over his head. This is, they've done a lousy job of hiring commissioners two years in a row, and now he's leading them right down the drain. Anyhow, that's that. Was that the last question? We got one more. Okay, let's From do Darren Sproles. From Darren super, Sproles? Super fan. Oh, His you, official super fan. Did he pause the middle there on purpose? You got too excited to let him finish. Okay. It was on I you, I think. He's been silenced over here. Time. 
If Brett Yormark monetizes basketball, does that help the ACC or make them more likely for the next hostile takeover? <clears throat> That's a great question. I think it might redefine who the Big 12 wants from the ACC if they come apart. I think the ACC's in a delayed meltdown that we're seeing from the Pac-12. I mean, as soon as Florida State or Clemson crack the the granite rights or find a way out, it's all going to come apart. I mean, there's just the Big Ten and the SEC both want schools out of that conference that bring specific things to their conferences, and they're going to leave about six schools behind, seven schools behind, all of which could, you know, I don't really want Syracuse or Boston College, but a lot of them could be in the Big 12. So, but does that mean, I never imagined Duke as a Big 12 team, but hold on, if you're going to have a huge contract for your basketball, I mean, if does that mean Duke or North Carolina? I mean, I can't see the Big Ten or SEC getting anywhere near what the Big 12 will be for a separate basketball contract. And let's back up and clarify. We're fairly certain Brett Yormark is looking at uncoupling basketball from the current media rights. When, when this deal comes up, he's going to say, okay, we're going to bid on football and we're going to bid on basketball because he's had estimations that this blows me away. It's worth $25 million a school for basketball alone, and they're only making 32 When they've been telling us basketball is only 10% of the contract, so they've been paying essentially $3 million for Big 12 basketball, and that, that leaves, you know, $29 million, another $25 million. You're You're into the mid-40s, and now you're kind of competitive with the Big Ten and SEC. Now, granted, they'll probably do the same, but they're not going to see the kind of money. They're just not, particularly if he brings in Villanova, brings in Gonzaga, brings in St. John's. Ryan Gilbert sneezes during the podcast. I blame your dogs. That's good. Um, they, they don't – you can't be allergic to poodles. Uh, this is all a lie. They're hypoallergenic. You Don't get Zach started on that. Blaming my dogs. That's not what that means. Whatever. Anyhow, uh, yeah, I think that there could be a lot of money there uh, for the Big 12. I'm excited about having a commissioner that sees things so clearly, uh, you know, with these things. Because Big 12 basketball is in a really interesting position because the NBA is about to go to bid. Now, I think, and I'm going to make some people mad here, I think the NBA is an absolute, absolute trash product. I think most regular season games are just unwatchable. They're good for, I think, really a lot of their viewership oh, is sports betting. It's so much fun now. It's entertaining. That's it. all it is. Well, There's looks no like defense. Wa- you have music going in That's, the arena in the middle of crap. the game. It's That's You think it's entertainment. I think it's crap. No, but, I agree. I, it, I hate it as well. But there's going to be big entities bidding on this these rights, and I don't understand it. But there's a fear at Turner Broadcasting, which is – that's all they're doing now basically, right? They might do auto racing and golf. No, they do hockey. And hockey. they do – I mean they just got big – not big into, but similar to their NBA product. They do TNT Game of the Week. I think they just do one hockey? game on hockey. Yes, okay. but So if they lose the NBA and heaven forbid what happens to their studio crew, the best yeah. in sports, um, uh, they might look at the Big 12. They really might seriously look at the Big 12. What might get confusing is the Big 12 could end up with totally separate 
broadcast entities the two sports. It could get a little confusing. I don't think that's confusing at all. I mean, if if there's sports on it right now, easy to tune in. Whether it's Fox, NBC, CBS. How many times do I still have to answer? How do I watch ESPN Plus? <laughs> that's it's different, though. Okay. I'm I'm fascinated by this. I I think he's going to find a way to generate more and more money. Um, he needs to make sure that he's strong arming these networks into putting Big Twelve football games on decent platforms because it matters where you're shown. If he can get games on ABC, the right games on ABC, and prove that they can pull ratings, then that'll be huge. But that's the dirty thing is ESPN doesn't want that proven. It only costs them money to prove that. And they don't have the money. I think it's just it's crazy how little NBA games are on national television in the course of a week. TNT has four games a week, Tuesday and Thursday, two games each. ESPN, at least during like the early parts of the regular season, you got Wednesday, essentially two games. Then you do Friday nights eventually. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, once, you know, the college basketball tournaments are done, you might see more NBA games, you know, throughout the week on ESPN. But generally, there's maybe, what, seven slots when you throw in Sunday after NFL's done? Like, there really aren't that many NBA games from a percentage standpoint that end up on national television. Because you've got, you know, upwards 10, 12 games a night. You know, depending on the night, there's probably, what, 100 games a week? Maybe that's a little much, but you get what I'm saying. Comparatively speaking, from a percentage-wise, it's wild how much the NBA is able to generate from a national television contract for how little actually show up on national TV. True. Very true. You got any thoughts on this? I agree. Okay. That's it. That's it for the Powercat Questions podcast. We kept it under an hour. Make sure you check out all of our coverage. We're heading to Kansas City. Zach and Michael Goins will be heading up on Wednesday to hit the K-State press conference. Gills and I will roll in Thursday for the game because we are big time. We don't need to do that that pregame stuff. We're fashionably late. We're just going to roll in and say, let's play. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.